Welcome to the New Books Network. Welcome to the NBN Entrepreneurship and Leadership Channel. As well as new content, we are making available selected podcasts recorded by our hosts prior to joining the NBN family. This is one of them, and so this podcast may refer to itself with a different name and identity. Enjoy the show. What's going on here is beyond normal. It's completely extraordinary in a very positive way. Business brings the world together. It may be quite brutal, it may be quite you know, simple, it may not be very intellectual or, or refined, but there's something about the entrepreneurship. There are only two kinds of people. that The ones that are discouraged by failure and the ones that are encouraged by failure. And that's what makes the difference. It's Innovation in Europe by Project Kazimierz. Now another episode with your hosts Richard Lucas and Samuel Cook. Hello again, Project Kazimierz listener. My name is Sam Cook uh, with my co-host here, Richard Lucas. Richard, hey. Hi, hi, dude. <laughs> and uh, we're sitting here in, in Hubraum uh, on a on a wonderful Sunday afternoon in April 2015 here in Krakow, uh, right uh, across the river from Kazimierz, actually. And uh, we have a very special guest today here that um, is, is well known in the tech community here in, uh, in Krakow, uh, Wojciech. Um, Hi, guys. And Wojciech, I'm going to let you um, <coughs> pronounce your name so I don't, um, with my uh, budding Polish, ruin it. And also just introduce yourself and just give us a little bit of a story about your, uh, your background. All right, so I'm Wojtek for friends. Everybody calls me that way, as most Wojciechs in Poland. Um, a background, I'm a physicist, and I spent quite some time doing high-energy physics at places like CERN or Fermilab, for that matter, or DAISY in Germany. And then I learned about large computer systems. So I was able to move to the dark side of the business when the opportunity came, uh, living academia. Uh, my first company was AMS, not the guys from the external ads, the guys doing uh, advanced financial systems and billing systems for telecoms, for example. So I worked there as a programmer, consultant. Uh, after that, it was Motorola, again, starting uh, from 30 people, uh, growing it up to like 200, and then it grew even further. And then it was, uh, then it was Google. Yeah, one of my employees told me that actually I fitted the description and they required in, in their job ad. So I started the Google office in Poland. The first one was in Krakow. I helped spawn into the Warsaw one. And after eight years, I moved on and now I'm CTO of Allegro, trying to convert that to a really cool tech company. Great. And Richard, I'm going to bring you in here to this conversation because you were uh, a 24-year um, resident here of Krakow and have seen it really start from uh, the end of the communist era and, and changing. So, um, uh, Richard, just talk a little bit about um, what change you saw uh, in Krakow community when um, Google came in and also 
um, just you know when you got to know Wojciech here and, and seeing that that transformation happen. Okay, well, you know that's a great great question. I Wojciech's I think typically being quite modest about his his background, but I I first met Wojciech in. Uh, either Google for Entrepreneurs or the Aspire organization. I can't remember which, to be honest. But as, as regular listeners know, I have been active in supporting entrepreneurship from my first day in Poland, which was back in 1989. And for many years, it was quite a minority pursuit. And then in the last few years, as everyone um, who listens regularly will know, the startup community has flourished. And there's no, part of the Google organization is Google for Entrepreneurs. But I always say that people do business with people, not organizations with organizations. And what happened in Krakow was that Google for Entrepreneurs opened up a kind of community space as part of Google's global program. But the local leadership, and I, I'll, I'll let Wojtek give the credit rather than do it personally, it wasn't just Wojtek, but some people in his team did a tremendous job of making this wonderful venue right in the heart of the city on the main market square on the Runek Wovne available for community events. And obviously for many people, Google is a much sexier logo than you know, the president of the European Union. <laughs> it really gets people interested, which is which is which can be exploit in a very sort of arrogant way. You let people line up to see you or else you say, well, you know, we are a representative of a, a key part of the transformation of the global economy and therefore come on in and use our space to help further your projects rather than steer it centrally. So I, I came across Google for Entrepreneurs and Vitek through it. And again, you go there and you meet the senior executives from Google, not just Vitek, but his his colleagues. They just come by and you know they're not like lined up in behind a secretary who's keeping out keeping people away. But absolutely Google for Entrepreneurs provided a space which I think accelerated the accelerated the development of the local ecosystem. And um, it was at the right time at the right place under the right, right leadership. And I think perhaps Vitek as well as Talking about yourself, there are probably one or two other people you might want to mention. <laughs> well, but I just answered the question. Of course, Google for Entrepreneurs and its presence in Krakow is mostly due to the efforts of Paulina Mazurek and then the, uh, there were other people joining from Google and Dev um, Relations Managers community. So that was David Ostrowski. And Two of them uh, essentially run the space and run tons of events, many of them sponsored by Google. Some of them we trick US consulate to sponsor, actually one of the best ones, <laughs> which ended up in sending a couple of Polish startups to Tech Week in Chicago and making ways with that. That was really great uh, collaboration. And as, as Richard mentioned, it's people working with people rather than institutions, right? The same institution now closed the door. So we are thankful for Habram here for being able to meet in under the roof. I think they, they, we interviewed Hubram and they like to be called Hubram. Hubram. You, you have to say it very German for them. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Let me not go there. Uh, so yes, we, we were really successful expanding that and the decision to move campus to Warsaw was kind of a surprise and it coincided with both myself and Paulina living and doing the same thing under different umbrella. Now we are part of Allegro and still care for uh, entrepreneurs, startups and developers and we just continue changing the logo.
it's not the sexy. <laughs> well, well, Richard just mentioned you know Google being more popular than the pre president of the EU. Just last week, the antitrust uh, case between the European Union and Google was filed. So I, I will have to test that hypothesis here in, in Europe. But um, what, one of the things that, and just a quick story uh, about my interaction with Google for entrepreneurs, um, I was. My first, uh, I came to Krakow, did not know anyone. My first foot in the door was uh, a, a semester that I didn't even complete at Jagiellonian University, uh, taking my Army GI Bill just to get, you know, some some network in the in the community. And uh, one of the uh, fellow students who's an American said, "You know, there's this tech meetup for Google," and I, and I was on the other side of that, and I thought. I got to go to a Google office because I've never, uh, in all my travels and, and you know, around the world, I've just never been invited to a Google office. So I thought that was really cool that, you know, here I am in this brand new city and they have a Google office right on the market square. And, and, and I remember missing one or two meetings because I slept in or had something else going on, but I was determined to make it to that. And, and I don't think, honestly, if I would, if that wouldn't have been in the Google office, I would have gotten involved in that. And that's where I met Richard. Uh, and, and, you know, this podcast is a result of that meeting and collaboration. And, and I'm sure I might have run into Richard uh, one of these days in Krakow. It's difficult not to run into Richard. But I also know that I would not have moved nearly as quickly without that meetup, meeting Richard at that time, and then deciding it was time to leave Jagiellonian and, and really work full time on my business here in Krakow. And that led to me closing down all my offices everywhere. The Philippines and Malaysia, and just consolidating it here. So um, it's it's really interesting to see the you know the one who who let it happen with with I mean, his leadership. It wasn't me. It was Paulina. <laughs> well, well, the director who let it happen, which I think that in itself is a great move, and having directors under you that that had that initiative, and then Richard who ran Open Coffee and still runs it at Google and now at a, a new new location, and then. You know me as a consumer uh, of that product that that you know really kind of changed everything for my business. Well, I see it as a kind of institutional entrepreneurship, really. That a, a, a new idea isn't enough, money isn't enough, people aren't enough, and it, and timing isn't always good. And I think that the, this facility uh, opened up by by Google um, was just at the right time because it provided the space, but it was other people's projects. The Open Coffee Krakow project was Marta Rilko, um, you know, and different people. In fact, Mark Bradshaw, who we interviewed a couple of weeks ago, who does the Krakow Life project, you know, he, he came along to the first meeting just to support it because it's harder at the be beginning. I think uh, Piotr Willem or um, Marek Kaptokevich came along for the first meeting. We just like got it going, but you need the space, you need the, the idea, you need the resources and sometimes people have got three of the four and even with the great idea the great people and enough money if the timing's wrong you're still screwed so it was it was quite fortuitous but the other thing to say is like there's a lot of kind of an issue about how to handle google moving north to to Warsaw, and you know, there's this historic rivalry of of, of Warsaw and Krakow because Krakow was the capital, almost as traumatic as the castle moving up to Warsaw. Well, yeah, there's a guy who was born in Oxford. There's, there's he moved just for the summer. <laughs> the old world birds. Yeah, was exactly. issue. it was an accident, right? Yeah. And there's a guy who was born and grew up in Oxford and studied in Cambridge. I, mean, I can deal with rivalries, um, but but, the, but but I think the key issue, as David Ostrowski, who was also the Google developer relations guy. Said, you know, regard this as an opportunity to replicate what has happened in Krakow across Poland, because you know, if that way we build our brand, and it's very much the you know the startup 
global network mindset that it's not like win-lose. If, if there are a few billion dollar exits in Warsaw, that's good for Poland, it's good for Europe. And it's even like Skype is good for Europe. One of the founders of Skype, uh, Jan Tallinn, invested in one of my startups in London recently, which is Vantage Power, which I'm very happy about. But it's like, you know, the, the, the fact is we just need more global success stories. In fact, even in Silicon Valley, you know, the success story anyway, anywhere, lifting, but we need that. And so the hope is that we can keep the momentum going here we don't lose it obviously and maybe we have to try start, try harder it's like why was East Germany the most successful communist country in Europe because it was rivalizing against West Germany why was North Korea quite a successful communist economy because they were competing with South Korea maybe that jolt to the Krakow startup system oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure about North Korea being success in the economy <laughs> no okay no, okay let's say no it's not a success now but it was always rivaling benchmarking again. Of course, I'm not, I'm anti-communist. I'm not in favor. I'm not saying that Warsaw is North Korea and Krakow. <laughs> Krakow is Gangnam style. <laughs> but any, anyway. Exactly. But, but what, what, as, can you talk about uh, the startup community from the Motorola perspective and then, because like the, the startup community is kind of a bit separate from the big company community historically. And I think part of what you were doing with Andrew Hallam, who we're going to interview is, is to try to bring these big company startup community closer together. That in Motorola, and then later in, in, your, in your other positions in large corporates. How do you feel about the relation with the startup community? All right, so there are certain things which happen in Krakow just because of those large multinationals. Uh, we were really backward, right? And especially for Motorola, it wasn't so much concerned with the entrepreneurship and the startups. However, one thing which was normal in the large American corporation of that time, meaning parity between and, and the diversity of the company was kind of natural for Motorola. It wasn't natural here. So when working there, I was really pressed to get 20% um, of women engineers. It was extremely hard just because there were like 3% of women engineers um, graduating from Krakow uh, universities in the related fields. So we started searching for the reason. And it turned out that it happened about the second grade of the middle school at that time, where the ladies who were on par or even better than men at their uh, age group suddenly lost interest in hard sciences, maths, and anything which is needed for the successful uh, career in the tech industry. So that was one thing. But then, and it was a start, right? People were living Motorola, if they did, and some of them really started their own businesses. So at a small scale, uh, the values which actually created Silicon Valley, a much smaller scale, uh, happened here in Poland, thanks to those large multinationals. New ways of working, freedom of the choices for engineers, right? Completely different model. And that sort of brings the entrepreneurship and the help startup community. It wasn't before the first of the large companies coming here. No, I'm not telling that it can create another Silicon Valley. The play of the forces in Silicon Valley is completely different. It was military, initial startups, uh, high-tech, hardware, and supported by the large uh, corporations as well. But if you 
trace how Intel started with the, all its predecessors and people moving from one to the, the other just to get more freedom in their, uh, in their uh, works. Uh, that's something which, and the universities, Stanford, and its influence on the, on the startup community. It's not here. Here, uh, I'm sorry to say that, but I, I'm coming from academia, so I, I can be <laughs> excused. It's pretty feudal system. Mm -hmm. So very little of the collaboration, which is normal in Western universities between the professor and the student. Nothing of that sort. Although, I, although I, I want to say that I, I've been supporting the AGH is the major local univer technical university. Mm -hmm. I won't say Academy Gonicho Hudnicho because no one will understand that. But AGH had its first TEDx, TEDx Krakow Salon last week. There's something called AGH Entrepreneurs now. And it's clearly, again, this is fertile ground. It's not perfect, but you, the way to move from imperfection to perfection is just to start the high school I went to in the UK, which to college started its entrepreneurs association among the alumni 600 years 630 years after its foundation a couple of years ago under my leadership so, <laughs> no, so and we did it in google london uh, so, so it's a kind of you know and all all the universities were saying for the proposals from industry of actually teaching relevant subjects right they it was very difficult behind the iron curtain uh, to get the newest both in terms of the research results and being able to read through it or the actual practice with the modern equipment and that was completely different right so it couldn't start that way and it sort of petrified those relations in the universities and now since the impulse is coming from the other side Nowadays, it's easy to study in London, right? You know, it's very interesting the point you made about the, the international companies bringing in values of diversity because quite often in Poland, there's a and also in America, there's the Dilbert cartoons, which I believe are yeah, modeled course, on, yeah. on Westing, Westinghouse, who interestingly adopted Nikola Tesla's technology, so they weren't always, always backward. But West, Westinghouse and Dilbert, this image of the corporation being horrible, is one that is very much replicated in you know, European culture that a big corporation is bad and of course corporations are like people you get good corporations and bad corporations and these uh, these big corporations coming in from the United States but also some European countries just showed that the Polish obsession with hierarchy exactly. which which you know Poland went from an almost feudal uh, kind of democracy back pre-war let's say communism had the effect of freezing social development so when uh, and communism was hierarchy very deeply embedded in the concept of, of how it worked so Poland came with this very hierarchical traditions which the universe is of course being quite conservative also represented and suddenly you had a situation where you know the managing director or the the president as you say in Polish was wearing a t-shirt talking directly to employees making it making meetings directly and you know making point of that actually for that, that's the normal and new normal in the Silicon Valley companies tech companies work that way right uh, Mark Zuckerberg t-shirts and jeans everybody else Larry um, Sergey of Google same thing right and, and actually engaging directly the projects I, I fondly remember some of their visits to our office like engineers like us right crazy guys and we talked crazy ideas we tried stuff and, and they were just active members of the projects right so that's something which is breaking those hierarchical rules and this is the kind of like 
itself, obvious, right? The, those are the companies who are going uh, offshore from the US, right? They only get the traditional company offshoring anything but their shared services, but getting to uh, work abroad on the core of your technology takes that kind of thinking, right? So we get like the pre-selection of those kind of companies opening their offices here and uh, employing uh, programmers and designers for, for the success of their uh, home branch as well. And what, what about then there's a perception among some startups and the startup community that sometimes the big IT companies, not just the international ones, but the very successful local ones like Comup, which has thousands of employees and is highly profitable. You know, I always say a highly profitable growing company. You can look down on it, but I would like to have their problems. <laughs> um, but they, there's a kind of criticism that somehow they're driving up the wages of people and this is somehow a threat to the availability of one of what some people say is uh, Central European strength, that we're relatively good value for money. What would you say to that perception? I'm not necessarily agreeing with it, but I'm interested in your, well, your perspective. I, I will quote Larry Page right now, just because his quote is coming from the closing of Krakow office, right? But <laughs> Google never came here for cheap labor. It's something else, right? And now the pendulum went to the other end, most of or all of people of that office got an offer to move to the US, which Larry thinks is pretty uh, generous offer. Um, or, to, or to Switzerland, or to Sydney. But it's something else, but you know, the, uh, you need to have a, a, you need to have a headcount for the project and, mm -hmm. and then making that headcount available in, the, in Mountain Dew for those mm -hmm. guys is mm -hmm. something different still. Uh, and the original concern against the concentration of Google was the concern of being of, of exactly what you mentioned: rising wages, getting difficult to bring people. If we don't create a hub which is attractive for the foreigners um, here in Krakow, naturally it will saturate. Meaning you will not get you, you, the the wages will go up, which is not bad, but you will not be able to get people stuff the, the jobs you have, right? So we have to build Krakow attractive and getting that through the uh, environment in which both multinationals thrive and as well as small startups and when actually the movement is free. So you, you pitch your idea to your boss in one of the tech companies of the region, they don't like it, you go out, you do it on your own. You get bought back, right? It, it will happen. It, it very clearly happened. And we started attracting people from outside. We realized that pretty early at Google, and we made a conscious effort to get Georgians. You should get those guys. You know, the, the quality of the university education they are getting, fantastic. Ukrainians, Georgians. Ukrainians, it's, it's, it's even even more popular. I, I was mentioning uh, Georgia as the pretty exotic, but you can see the pattern, right? Strong math foundations, really good skills, and yeah. It's not just, it's not, but again, uh, Ukraine, Ukraine, obviously, and Georgia also were part of the former Soviet Union, yeah. and like maybe there's this Central European 
concept or like image based on some reality that the Soviet system was good at high tech, that despite being a poor economy, they were able to compete with the Americans in military technology terms. So this strong sense of the STEM subject, science, technology, engineering, maths, is a part of the Soviet tradition. However, it's not just intra-ex-communist Europe migration. You get people from West Europe, you get people from America, from all over the world coming in. You know, I think, and also intra-Poland migration, people come to Krakow from other parts of Poland. And, you know, I think there's this sense of critical mass, because there's also this sense of security, that if you go into a, you work for a, even a not that, I won't name the names, but there are these business process outsourcing companies, which maybe don't have the most exciting jobs. But if you're not from a very wealthy family, the security of knowing that you can go back to a job there if your startup fails, or you, you're you in a, you're in the corporation during the day, and as uh, Gary Vaynerchuk says, you, you go home from your day job, you kiss your dog, say hi to your wife. <laughs> I, or maybe yeah, that's reversed, uh, or maybe not. No, no, I think he said you kiss the dog. <laughs> you, you, so you play with, you read to your kids, and then you do your start from 10 p.m. in the evening till 2 in the morning. And, you know, this is, this is, but this is the real life. If well, you, yeah, if I may add something, being a physicist really at heart to being a physicist, I hate the term critical mass, right? They, well, it, it's meaningless. There's no such a thing. Just between us, there's no such a thing. But, but if you remember chain. one thing from the product, oh, by the way, we are in 2015. chain reaction is exactly the model for that. So mm -hmm. you get something which actually can build on the existing, uh, whatever that is, resource, and create more of the same. Mm -hmm. And in that way, you've got into this exponential, hockey kind of growth. And, and that's what, the, what you referred to as a, as a critical mass. You need certain number of those interactions happening, and then it can build on itself, creating more interactions, more jobs, and more startups. And there's a nice example of a girl who's working on uh, working on the, the podcast team, Anya Bivanis. I met her at Open Coffee Cracker on a Thursday, heard about her social project, Whole Patches, suggested you go to Wrocław for a What's going on here is beyond normal. It's completely extraordinary in a very positive way. Business brings the world together. It may be quite brutal, it may be quite you know, simple, it may not be very intellectual or, or refined, but there's something about the entrepreneurship. There are only two kinds of people. That the ones that are discouraged by failure and the ones that are encouraged by failure. And that's what makes the difference. It's Innovation in Europe by Project Kazimierz. Now another episode with your hosts Richard Lucas and Samuel Cook. Hello again, Project Kazimierz listener. My name is Sam Cook uh, with my co-host here, Richard Lucas. Richard, hey. Hi, how are you? <laughs> and uh, we're sitting here in, in Hubraum uh, on a on a wonderful Sunday afternoon in April 2015 here in Krakow, uh, right uh, across the river from Kazimierz, actually, and uh, we have a very special guest today here that um, is is well known in the tech community here in uh, in Krakow, uh, Wojciech. Um, Hi guys. And Wojciech, I'm going to let you um, <clears throat> pronounce your name so I don't, um, <laughs> with my uh, budding Polish, ruin it. And also just introduce yourself and just give us a little bit of a story about your uh, your background. All right, so I'm Wojtek for friends. Everybody calls me that way, as most Wojciechs in Poland. Um, a background, I'm a physicist, and I spent quite some time doing high energy physics at places like CERN or Fermilab for that matter, or DAISY in Germany. And then I learned about large computer systems, 
So I was able to move to the dark side of the business when the opportunity came. Uh, living academia, uh, my first company was AMS, not the guys from the external ads, the guys doing uh, advanced financial systems and billing systems for telecoms, for example. So I worked there as a programmer, consultant. Uh, after that was Motorola, again, starting from 30 people and growing it up to like 200 and then it grew even further and then it was uh, then it was Google yeah one of my employees told me that actually I fitted the description and they required in, in their job ad so I started the Google office in Poland the first one was in Krakow I helped spawn into the Warsaw one and after eight years, I moved on, and now I'm CTO of Allegro, trying to convert that to a really cool tech company. Great. And Richard, I'm going to bring you in here to this conversation because you were uh, a 24-year um, resident here of Krakow and have seen it really start from uh, the end of the communist era and, and changing. So. Um, uh, Richard, just talk a little bit about um, what change you saw uh, in Krakow community when um, Google came in, and also um, just you know when you got to know Wojciech here and, and seeing that that transformation happen. Okay, well, you know that's a great great question. I mean, Wojciech's, I think, typically being quite modest about his his background, but I I first met Wojciech in. Uh, either Google for Entrepreneurs or the Aspire organization. I can't remember which, to be honest. But as, as regular listeners know, I have been active in supporting entrepreneurship from my first day in Poland, which was back in 1989. And for many years, it was quite a minority pursuit. And then in the last few years, as everyone um, who listens regularly will know, the startup community has flourished. And there's an, part of the Google organization is Google for Entrepreneurs. But I always say that people do business with people, not organizations with organizations. And what happened in Krakow was that Google for Entrepreneurs opened up a kind of community space as part of Google's global program. But the local leadership, and I, I'll, I'll let Wojtek give the credit rather than do it personally, it wasn't just Wojtek, but some people in his team did a tremendous job of making this wonderful venue right in the heart of the city on the main market square on the Renek Główny available for community events. And obviously for many people, Google is a much sexier logo than you know, the president of the European Union. <laughs> it really gets people interested, which is which is which which can be, exploit in a very sort of arrogant way. You let people line up to see you or else you say, well, you know, we are a representative of a, a key part of the transformation of the global economy and therefore come on in and use our space to help further your projects rather than steer it centrally. So I, I came across Google for Entrepreneurs and Vitek through it. And again, you go there and you meet the senior executives from Google, not just Vitek, but his his colleagues. They just come by and you know they're not like lined up in behind a secretary who's keeping out keeping people away. But absolutely Google for Entrepreneurs provided a space which I think accelerated the accelerated the development of the local ecosystem. And um, it was at the right time at the right place under the right, right leadership. And I think perhaps Vitek as well as Talking about yourself, there are probably one or two other people you might want to mention. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I just answered the question. Of course, Google for Entrepreneurs and its presence in Krakow is mostly due to the efforts of Paulina Mazurek, 
and then the uh, there were other people joining from Google and Dev um, Relations Managers community. So that was David Ostrowski and two of them uh, essentially run the space and run tons of events, many of them sponsored by Google, some of them we tricked U.S. consulate to sponsor, actually one of the best ones, <laughs> which ended up in sending a couple of Polish startups to Tech Week in Chicago and making ways with that. That was really great uh, collaboration. And as, as Richard mentioned, it's people working with people rather than institutions, right? The same institution now closed the door. So we are thankful for Habron here for being able to meet in under the roof. I think they, they, we interviewed Hubram and they like to be called Hubram. Hubram. <laughs> you, you have to say it very German for them. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Let me not go there. Uh, so yes, we, we were really successful expanding that and the decision to move campus to Warsaw was kind of a surprise and it coincided with both myself and Paulina are living and doing the same thing under different umbrella. Now we are part of Allegro and still care for uh, entrepreneurs, startups and developers. And we just continue changing the logo. It's not the sexiest. <laughs> well, well, Richard just mentioned, you know, Google being more popular than the pre president of the EU. Just last week, the antitrust uh, case between the European Union and Google was filed. So I, I will have to test that hypothesis here in, in Europe. But um, what, one of the things that, and just a quick story uh, about my interaction with Google for entrepreneurs, um, I was my first, uh, I came to Krakow, did not know anyone. My first foot in the door was uh, a, a semester that I didn't even complete at Jagiellonian University, uh, taking my army GI Bill just to get, you know, some, some network in the, in the community. And uh, one of the uh, fellow students who's an American said, you know, there's this tech meetup for Google. And I, and I was on the other side of that and I thought, I got to go to a Google office because I've never, uh, in all my travels and, and in, around the world, I've just never been invited to a Google office. I thought that was really cool that, you know, here I am in this brand new city and they have a Google office right on the market square. And, and I remember missing one or two meetings because I slept in or had something else going on, but I was determined to make it to that. And, and I don't think, honestly, if I would, if that wouldn't have been in the Google office, I would have gotten involved in that. And that's where I met Richard. Uh, and, and, you know, this podcast is a result of that meeting and collaboration. And, and I'm sure I might have run into Richard uh, one of these days in Krakow. It's difficult not to run into Richard. <laughs> but I also know that I would not have moved nearly as quickly without that meetup, meeting Richard at that time, and then deciding it was time to leave Jagiellonian and, and really work full time on my business here in Krakow. And that led to me closing down all my offices everywhere. The Philippines and Malaysia and just consolidating it here. So um, it's it's really interesting to see the you know the one who who let it happen with, with his leadership. It wasn't me, it was Paulina. <laughs> well well the director who let it happen, which I think is, that in itself is a great move and having directors under you that, that had that initiative. And then Richard who ran Open Coffee and still runs it 
at Google and now at a, a new, new location. And then, you know, me as a consumer um, of that product that, that, you know, really kind of changed everything for my business. Well, I see it as a kind of institutional entrepreneurship, really, that a, a, a new idea isn't enough, money isn't enough, people aren't enough, and, it, and timing isn't always good. And I think that the, this facility uh, opened up by, by Google um, was just at the right time because it provided the space, but it was other people's projects. The Open Coffee Cracker project was Marta Rilko, um, you know, and different people. In fact, Mark Bradshaw, who we interviewed a couple of weeks ago, who does the Cracker Life project, you know, he, he came along to the first meeting just to support it because it's harder at the be beginning. I think uh, Piotr Willem or um, Marek Kaptokevich came along for the first meeting. We just like got it going, but you need the space, you need the, the idea, you need the resources and sometimes people have got three of the four and even with the great idea the great people and enough money if the timing's wrong you're still screwed so it was it was quite fortuitous but the other thing to say is like there's a lot of kind of an issue about how to handle google moving north to to Warsaw, and you know, there's this historic rivalry of of, of Warsaw and Krakow because Krakow was the capital, almost as traumatic as the castle moving up to Warsaw. Well, yeah, there's a guy who was born in Old. There's, there's a guy who moved just for the summer. <laughs> the old world birds. And that yeah, was exactly. an accident, right? <laughs> yeah. And as a guy who was born and grew up in Oxford and studied in Cambridge, I, mean, I can deal with rivalries. Um, but, but, the, but, but I think the key issue, as David Ostrowski, uh, who was also the Google developer relations guy, said, you know, regard this as an opportunity to replicate what has happened in Krakow across Poland, because, you know, if that way we build our brand, and it's very much the, you know, the startup global network mindset that it's not like win-lose. If if there are a few billion dollar exits in Warsaw, that's good for Poland, it's good for Europe. And it's even like Skype is good for Europe. That One of the founders of Skype, uh, Jan Tallinn, invested in one of my startups in London recently, which are Vantage Power, which I'm very happy about. But it's like, you know, the, the, the fact is we just need more global success stories. In fact, even in Silicon Valley, you know, the success story anyway, anywhere, lifting, but we need that. And so the hope is that we can keep the momentum going here we don't lose it obviously and maybe we have to try stuff try harder it's like why was East Germany the most successful communist country in Europe because it was rivalizing against West Germany why was North Korea quite a successful communist economy because they were competing with South Korea maybe that jolt to the Krakow startup system oh. yeah. <laughs> I'm not really sure about North Korea being a success in the economy Let's say no, it's not a success now, but it was always rival. It, it was benchmarking again. Of, of course, I'm not. I'm anti-communist. I'm not in favour. I'm not saying that Warsaw is North Korea and Krakow. <laughs> <laughs> Krakow is Gangnam style. <laughs> but any, anyway, exactly. But, but exactly. What, what, can you talk about uh, the startup community from the Motorola perspective, and then because like the, the startup community is kind of a bit separate from the big company community historically, and I think part of what you were doing with Andrew Hallam, who we're going to interview, is is to try to bring these big company startup community closer together that in Motorola and then later in in your in your other positions in large corporates how do you feel about the relation with the startup community all right so there are certain things which happen in Krakow just because of those large multinationals uh, we were really backward right and especially for Motorola it wasn't so much concerned with the entrepreneurship and the startups however one thing which was normal in the large American corporation of that time, meaning parity between and, and the diversity of the company was kind of natural for Motorola. It wasn't natural here. So when working there, I was really pressed to get 
um, 20% of women engineers. It was extremely hard just because there were like 3% of women engineers um, graduating from Krakow uh, universities in the related fields. So we started searching for the reason. And it turned out that it happened about the second grade of the middle school at that time, where the ladies who were on par or even better than men at their uh, age group suddenly lost interest in hard sciences, maths, and anything which is needed for the successful uh, career in, in the tech industry. So that was one thing. But then, and it was a start, right? People were living Motorola, if they did, and some of them really started their own businesses. So at a small scale, uh, the values which actually created Silicon Valley, much smaller scale, uh, happened here in Poland, thanks to those large multinationals. New ways of working, freedom of the choices for engineers, right? Completely different model. And that sort of brings the entrepreneurship and the help startup community. It wasn't before the first of the large companies coming here. No, I'm not telling that it can create another Silicon Valley. The play of the forces in Silicon Valley is completely different. It was military, initial startups, uh, high-tech, hardware, and supported by the large uh, corporations as well. If you trace how Intel started with the, all its predecessors, and people moving from one to the, the other just to get more freedom in their, uh, in their uh, works, uh, that's something which, and the universities, Stanford, and its influence on the, on the startup community. It's not here. Here, uh, I'm sorry to say that, but I, I'm coming from academia, so I, I can be <laughs> excused. It's pretty feudal system. Mm -hmm. So very little of the collaboration, which is normal in Western universities between the professor and the student. Nothing of that sort. Although, although, I, although I, I want to say that I, I've been supporting the AGH is the major local university, technical university. Mm -hmm. I won't say Academy Gonicho Hudnicho because no one will understand that. But AGH had its first TEDx uh, TEDx Krakow Salon last week. There's something called AGH Entrepreneurs now, and it's clearly again this is fertile ground. It's not perfect, but you, the way to move from imperfection to perfection is just to start the high school I went to in the UK when. Manchester College started its Entrepreneurs Association among the alumni 600 years, 630 years after its foundation a couple of years ago under my leadership. So, <laughs> no, so and we did it in Google London. Uh, so, so it's a kind of you know, and all all the universities were saying for the proposals from industry of actually teaching relevant subjects. Right? They, it was very difficult behind the iron curtain uh, to get the newest both in terms of the research results and being able to read through it or the actual practice with the modern equipment and that was completely different right so it couldn't start that way and it sort of petrified those relations in the universities and now since the impulse is coming from the other side 
Nowadays, it's easy to study in London, right? You know, it's very interesting the point you made about the the international companies bringing in values of diversity, because quite often in Poland there's a and also in America there's the Dilbert cartoons, which I believe are yeah, modelled course, on, yeah. on Westing, Westinghouse, who interestingly adopted Nikola Tesla's technology, so they weren't always always backward. But West, Westinghouse and Dilbert, this image of the corporation being horrible, is one that is very much replicated in your European culture that a big corporation is bad and of course corporations are like people you get good corporations and bad corporations and these uh, these big corporations coming in from the United States but also some European countries just showed that the Polish obsession with hierarchy exactly. which which you know Poland went from an almost feudal uh, kind of democracy back pre-war let's say communism had the effect of freezing social development so when and communism was hierarchy, very deeply embedded in the concept of, of how it worked. So Poland came with this very hierarchical traditions, which the universities, of course, being quite conservative, also represented. And suddenly you had a situation where you know the managing director or the, the president, Zajondo, as you say in Polish, was wearing a T-shirt, talking directly to employees, making it, making meetings directly. And you know, making point of that, actually, for that, that's the normal and new normal in the Silicon Valley companies. Tech companies work that way, right? Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, T-shirts and jeans. Everybody else, Larry, um, Sergey of Google, same thing, right? And, and actually engaging directly the projects. I, I fondly remember some of their visits to our office. Like engineers like us, right? Crazy guys and we talked crazy ideas, we tried stuff and, and they were just active members of the projects, right? So that's something which is breaking those hierarchical rules and this is the kind of like self-obvious, right? The, those are the companies who are going uh, offshore from the US, right? You wouldn't get the traditional company offshoring anything but their shared services, but getting to uh, work abroad on the core of your technology it takes that kind of thinking, right? So we get like the pre-selection of those kind of companies opening their offices here and uh, employing uh, programmers and designers for, for the success of their uh, home branch as well. And what, what about then? There's a perception among some startups and the startup community that sometimes the big IT companies, not just the international ones, but the very successful local ones like Comup, which has thousands of employees and is highly profitable. You know, I always say a highly profitable growing company. You can look down on it, but I would like to have their problems. <laughs> um, but they, there's a kind of criticism that somehow they're driving up the wages of people and this is somehow a threat to the availability of one of what some people say is uh, Central European strength, that we're relatively good value for money. What would you say to that perception? I'm not necessarily agreeing with it, but I'm interested in your, well, your perspective. I, I wouldn't quote Larry Page right now just because his quote is coming from the closing of Krakow office, right? But <laughs> Google never came here for cheap labor. It's something else, right? And now the pendulum went to the other end. Most of or all of people of that office got an offer to move to the US, which Larry thinks is pretty uh, generous offer. And or, to, or to Switzerland, or to Sydney. Or but, it, whatever, uh, right? uh, oh, but it's something else, but you know, the, the, uh, you need to have a, a, you need to have a headcount for the project and, mm -hmm. and then making that headcount available in, the, in Mountain Dew for those mm -hmm. guys is mm -hmm. something different. Still, uh, and 
the original concern against the concentration of global was the concern of being of, of exactly what you mentioned rising wages getting difficult to bring people if we don't create a hub which is attractive for the foreigners um, here in Krakow naturally it will saturate meaning you will not get you, you, the, the wages will go up which is not bad but you will not be able to get people to stuff the, the jobs you have right so we have to build Krakow attractive and getting that through the uh, environment in which both multi multinationals thrive and as well as small startups and when actually the movement is free so you you pitch your idea to your boss in one of the tech companies mm -hmm. of the region they don't like it you go out you do it on your own you get bought back right it, it will happen it, it, very clearly happened and we started attracting people from outside we realized that pretty early at google and we made a conscious effort to get georgians you should get those guys you know, the, the quality of the university education they are getting fantastic ukrainians Georgians. It's, it's it's even even more popular i, I was mentioning uh georgia as the pretty exotic but you can see the pattern right strong math foundations really good skills and yeah it's not just it's not but again uh, ukraine ukraine obviously and georgia also were part of the former soviet union yeah. and like maybe there's this central european concept or like image based on some reality that the soviet system was good at high tech that despite being a poor economy they were able to compete with the americans in military technology terms so there's strong sense of the stem subject science technology engineering maths it is a part of the soviet tradition however it's not just intra ex-communist europe migration you get people from west europe you get people from america from all over the world coming in you know i think and also intra-poland migration people come to krakow from other parts of poland and you know i think there's this sense of critical mass because there's also this sense of security that if you go into a you work for a, even a not that ex i won't name the names but there are these business process outsourcing companies which maybe don't have the most exciting jobs but if you're not from a very wealthy family the security of knowing that you can go back to a job there if your startup fails or you you're in a you're in the corporation during the day and as uh, gary vaynerchuk says you you go home from your day job you kiss your dog say hi to your wife <laughs> and, or maybe yeah, that's reversed uh, or maybe not no, no, i think he said you kiss the dog <laughs> You, you, so you play with you read to your kids and then you do your stuff from 10 p.m. the evening till two in the morning and you know this is this is but this is the real life if well, you, yeah if I may add something being a physicist really at heart to being a <laughs> physicist I hate the term critical mass right they well it, it's meaningless there's no such a thing just between us there's no such a thing but if you remember one thing from the product by the way we are in 2015 chain reaction is exactly the model for that so you get something which actually can build on the existing uh whatever that is resource and create more of the same and in that way you got into this exponential hockeystic kind of growth and and that's what what you referred to as a as a critical mass you need certain number of those interactions happening and then it can build on itself creating more interactions more jobs 
and more startups. And there's a nice example of a girl who's working on uh, working on the, the podcast team, Anya Bivanis. I met her at Open Coffee Cracker on a Thursday, heard about her social project, Whole Patches, suggested you go to Wrocław for a TechCrunch non-conference in Wrocław. She went to Wrocław two days later, uh, won, the, won the prize there, came back to Cracker, worked on the TEDx Kazimierz team, and is now working for Sam as an employee. And you know, that kind of step, the chain reaction is, is absolutely true. In terms of like the, What's might, might I add there, the project manager for, for Project Kajimesh, she's, she not only started with me, now I'm, I'm putting her into the leadership roles um, in the company. Absolutely. And I, I think the, you know, people like to work with talented people and that's exactly. one, and like there are enough talented people, uh, I'm looking at our studio audience now, uh, <laughs> there are enough talented people in Krakow to mean that you can come here and it's not deeply Polish, there's many Polish talented people here, but it's not exclusively Polish. The next person we're interviewing today is a French entrepreneur who, who, who came in to with his to crack out for personal reasons but the idea that you can meet someone from Mexico from North America from Zimbabwe from even a small island to the north of France called the United Kingdom in, in Krakow is, is part of the attractiveness any of your contacts and any of things you did outside of this group if we work as a group extends everybody else's context right and that's it's, it's, not a zero, it's, not a, it's not a zero-sum game it's exactly each contact has value well and, and that's the interesting thing that people and, and this this concept of zero-sum game and, and and rising wages and you know people ask me and and, and Every Polish person I meet says, "Why Krakow?" Like they can't believe it, and and um, you know, because I used to live in, in New York City and Manhattan, and have have um, by all accounts on paper a, a successful background in the U.S. and and could be could be successful in the United States. And I know when I was traveling around the world, didn't know where I wanted to live because I'd been basically since I've been eighteen, I've been moving all the time in the army. Um, I was. I was traveling and I had no clue I'd, let, I'd end up in Poland. But one of the things that, you know, people say, well, why Krakow? Do you like the cheap, you know, cheap lifestyle, cheap labor? And I, and I actually say no, because my staff in the Philippines is a lot cheaper than Krakow. It is, it is all about, there's no other city that I know of in the world that I could find um, every, every uh, competence that I need. And, I, and my team now is approaching 15, moving quickly to 20. Um, I have uh, developers, I have the best designers I've ever run into in the world. If you look at Project Kazimierz website, that's Polish design, you know, made with love and crack out the right. bottom. I can use some of them <laughs> Well, uh, it will cost you, Wojtek, but um, I'm sure I'm sure your company can afford it. And then... <laughs> I think he's going to invoice us for the <laughs> Yeah, exactly. How much is your hourly rate? Put it a deal. But, you know, uh, not just developers, which there's so many of them around here from AGH and all these universities, but uh, uh, film crews. Um, I have composers sitting here working on this podcast and audio engineers and and um, you know Facebook ad managers, Google ad managers, and you know all the people I need. Ironically, I can find in Krakow, and they're the best I've ever worked with around the world, including U.S. people, U.S. subcontractors. Now I'm sure if I really looked, or maybe if I went to Silicon Valley, I'd find a greater concentration of talent. But in, in all my travels around the world, I've, I haven't seen anything like it here. And, and this strikes me because, Wojtek, you talk about, and, and your, your Polish sensibilities are betraying you here, you say, well, we're never going to become the Silicon Valley because they had a special um, situation there. Whereas people like Richard and Ramon and, and people who aren't from Krakow believe it can happen. And I, well, I find this interesting divide there. All right. Uh, I was really, I was trying to be precise. <laughs> you, 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 
you don't want and you can't replicate what happened there. It no. doesn't mean that you can have a concentration of people having those chain reactions and expanding cake for everybody fast enough. So newcomers will get a first share of that increasing pie, right? And it's that in, on that level, yes, it's like Silicon Valley, but you can't ex exactly replicate what happened there because it would be different. It is. And also, I mean, there's a point about... It's its own story. It's just its own story. There's a point about the economics of this, though, that I mean, thanks to the European Union, and I think this is important, the outside model of government the European Union brought in was better than the Polish model of government. <laughs> it's not perfect, but it's better. You know, there's this model of modern modern free market capitalism, which it doesn't actually have to be exactly the same everywhere. You know, Poland is handicapped by a lack of capital, that this rising wages and rising asset prices starts to rebuild the savings that were wiped out by wiped out by communism. But you know, we don't have the deep pools of capital here that you have in even in the UK, like in Cambridge. You go to Cambridge and there's there's probably five thousand houses worth more than two million dollars and people can borrow against their houses. Krakow is not yet and Poland isn't yet we're not going to have that pool of capital, but what you can say is that Krakow is one of these European, one of these European centres where people might be. It might be Berlin, it might be, it might be London, it might be Cambridge, it might be, it might be Frankfurt, it might be Hamburg. But you get these places which are part of the system, and there are enough people here to meal. And you know, the money can just like fly around the world so fast now. You come to Krakow because there's a good project here. It's just one of the places you can be. So, and I think, but in terms of talent, the, I'm, I'm not sure. It's quite as for developers and startup community, maybe yes. But if you need senior marketing people who, who've got experience of working in international business, the good thing about being Krakow is they're ready to come. If they're not here, it's nice enough because I had a nice experience on summer holiday two years ago in a historic city in Sicily called Syracuse. Syracuse. It's a, this was a famous battle on the edge of the Greek Empire many hundreds of years ago. But my children, who I've got all this trouble, these teenagers take them down on holiday. To Sicily, they said, "Hey, Dad, this is beautiful. It's almost as nice as Krakow." And I thought, <laughs> "I thought, what the hell am I doing, taking my kids to the other end of Europe? If it's almost as nice as Krakow." This is, but this is also very important. It's the, despite the bad air, is the physical quality of life here is quite exceptional. Wouldn't you agree, Wojtek? I will agree for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Wojtek, this is a, another thing, and you mentioned that I, I would like to bring up, and I had a fascinating conversation last week with with Ramon, who we're going to be interviewing shortly about. The, maybe the just for those who aren't listening, maybe in a hundred years' time, you won't know who Ramon is. Ramon <laughs> of is course the, you will. the head of Cisco, Cisco, a strategy director for Cisco in Central Europe. And Cisco is, I think, creating more than a thousand high-value-added jobs here in Krakow. So he's a pretty important guy. Yeah, yeah and, and Ramon is, is another American who came to Krakow and, and realized the potential and, and built that that whole new um, talent pool here in Central Europe, really from 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 the start. But he, he was talking about, you know, there's so much talent in Poland that still to this day, and one of the, the reasons people say, why Krakow? It's like, well, we all, you know, go to London or the United States. But I think one of the fascinating things about the Google office closing down in Krakow is a lot of the people don't want to leave. And uh, despite the offer they got, they're, they're, they're going to stay here. And that to me is a very good sign of something that I think if this comes to pass, like Ramon and I were talking about, is a reverse brain drain where the people who go to London and go to New York who get that ad agency experience and that marketing experience start to come back. And, and, and you, you said this, Richard, that there isn't that high-level marketing talent. Well, I, I run a marketing company and I, I do a lot of online sales. That's my main thing. And I actually 
am finding that talent would agree with you that it's not quite there, but I think there's a lot of hidden gems in Poland that are returning from places like Malaysia, where they worked at Mind Valley, which is a premier publishing company that did a lot of great marketing. They're now returning to Poland and they're looking for something. And I'm, I'm snapping them up because I know, um, I know that Krakow is not where it needs to be on marketing, but it can be a lot quicker than I think that you think because of what I'm seeing. And people, you know, like me and other people with outside expertise are, are going to come in as soon as the conditions are right and start doing that. But I think there could be a reverse brain drain of people from UK and Chicago who see these rising wages and the, the ability to make a good middle class lifestyle that is, is actually becoming harder and harder in the United States. And, and the UK, and that's why there's anti-immigrant feeling and things like that over there. And then also create this huge net influx of talent from Eastern Europe, the Soviet former Soviet com countries. That that's starting to happen. So, when do you think we'll see that, Wojciech? Well, no debate. I I, I do share that uh, that idea of yours that uh, having like a pool of 120 people who have to do something because the office has been closed, right? Like mm -hmm. one third will go to the US, uh, one third will move to Warsaw, one third stays here, except that those who are US or other uh, Google offices, all I talked with were saying that they are going to return. It's, I've heard that story before. And for the first time, I do believe that the change in the conditions here and actually the use for their talents here in Krakow might actually make that true. They will come back. And actually that's part of the chain reaction. We were talking, <clears throat> right? If you spread something which was uh, tightly bound culturally, in a sense that it was Google culture in that office, slightly different to the US one, just because we were like different time scales. That was something which I've heard from Sergey Brin the other day when he visited Krakow Google office, he said like, well, it's like Googling the old days, right? smaller scale, more freedom, uh, less structured, everything like this, right? So I do believe that letting those people start their own thing and you wouldn't believe the idea some of those guys have. Like, There's another point that even if they don't come back physically, they've got the personal exactly. relationships and the exactly. money. Like in, in, the, in today's world, it's, it's almost as good. Then there's this nasty term remittances, which is the idea of people working in one country somewhere sending else. money back to somewhere else. But you know, I, I see this very clearly that you know, it, I don't know how much people are paid in Google Mountain View. Probably quite a lot more than in most companies. So, but they could easily be saving seven or eight or ten thousand bucks a month, and that could be that or, or five, and that could be enough to fund. The start Take a startup here. When I used to do workshops way back in the technical university AGH, I would sometimes meet a complete lack of understanding of modern business and capitalism where a guy would put his hand up and say, well, why should I accept investment money? They're going to want to make a profit from my work. <laughs> and, and seriously, this would be a well-educated, you know, this is a top technical university where the guy had no one in his schooling, no one in his family, who, or no friend had ever told him, this is a great deal. You know, that guy is risking his money or that woman is risking his money and he, of course he wants to get more back afterwards but if you can make a billion dollars and give 335 million dollars to the guy who helped 
you give you the money to make that happen. You're winning. And you know, these days that that mentality is now quite well embedded in the in the concept of how the world works. So the guy whose friend went to Google Mountain View who says, Well yeah, I want twenty five percent of the business and I will give you ten thousand bucks a month for the next year to help make that happen. That's not my staff. That, yeah. that, that's enough to make a business a business work, I think. If if the idea is good and the timing's right and the execution is flawless, of course. Actually, yeah, the, the issue is that Google paid those guys too well, and I, yeah, I, I'm... That was your fault, that was your fault. I'll give this charge. Some of the blame goes to Martin Smolinski. Hi, Martin. <laughs> I know you are listening. Uh, some of the blame goes there, so the... A red spot has just appeared <laughs> on my forehead for those not watching the video yet. This funnable income, which is necessary for that kind of investing, might not be that high for people in, in Mountain View. Yes, Google pays extremely well, but the housing costs, the education for kids, it's a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So you were like upper middle class, at least here, working for Google in Krakow. It would be difficult to attain the same re relative level in frankly any other place in the world. Oh, I also want to say which is a about, great great reason why it might might bring people back. But actually, I want to come in the middle class lifestyle because there's this idea this idea that there's any country in the world where it's easy as a graduate fresh out of university to create the middle class lifestyle. <laughs> it's, it's just uh, the housing is always expensive relative to income when you're fresh out of university, and it is. And for a guy who makes five thousand a month net, which is about one thousand two hundred euros mm -hmm. net in Krakow, that's a very that's a good salary for a graduate in Krakow, maybe not for a programmer, but even for programmers a programmer. Programmers will more. Uh, but, but it's but you know yeah. it's not easy to get a deposit for a house on that kind of salary, and like mm -hmm. you have this image of the TV, the TV perfect family with the dog and the two kids and the large house and the big kitchen. You know, and you don't have the credit history, yeah. so you don't get the loan. But you know, ultimately. but frankly, that was sorry to interrupt. That was uh, pretty important, meaning if you can prove that you're an employee in one of the multinationals here in Krakow, uh, the bank would look at you nicer when you asked for, for the loan, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that and in itself was kind of guaranteed that yeah. You know, and I know as an entrepreneur who's like the companies I've helped found and they're not all belonging to me exclusively have perhaps $30 million revenue or $40 million revenue. I still have huge problems getting a bank credit because I don't have a job with Motorola. It's absolutely serious. It's absolutely serious. It's interesting, but you know, maybe I'm a risky person to know and do business with. So, <laughs> so, 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 so there, may be, there may be a reason. I've got a special file on you, Richard Lucas, yeah. at the bank. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, uh, we don't serve those customers. <laughs> but let, let's say um, uh, Krakow, Kazimierz, Poland, this region uh, countries in rapid transition and you know where we are now is different from where we were three, four years ago. What do you think needs to change that it hasn't yet changed in terms of the local ecosystem and what should be people who come to Krakow for the first time be looking out for as signs of success, just looking forward because well, let's say we can bank where we are now, we can be complacent and say it's awesome or we can work on the next challenge and obviously the second option is better than the first but what, is, what are the challenges? Uh, I'll take your word for the changes at the universities, I would mm -hmm. like to see them faster, right? They, I, I happened to work for some time at MIT and you know it was 
ages ago and still was way more advanced in the form of well, can religions. I, can, can I invite you on behalf of Christian Marashinsky and Ageha entrepreneurs to come and do a workshop in Ageha? He doesn't know I've issued this invoice. <laughs> <laughs> this invited invoice. I to he'll, be, he'll be listening we, we to this. We've trying. We did that before. Yes, of course. Okay, because I've got there are different organizations, but sometimes it takes a bit of external help. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you bet. Thanks. Okay, okay, the so. Google name wasn't good enough. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 I think the Vitek Bucket name is bigger than Google. <laughs> uh, right, so that's one thing. And the other thing is well, what you kind of mentioned before, right? It's relatively easy to get the seed money for a startup using European funds, using people like Richard who invests in startups and so on and so forth. But the, it's also kind of easy if you get the idea which is proven and it's just a matter of commercializing right there were certain things which you, you can have access to government funds you can have access to EU money it's kind of easy but the, we miss this middle ground like the uh, third level sixth level funding relatively large sums it is difficult so getting the uh, local venture fund who, who know what they are doing right and being able to invest that kind of money is something which didn't happen yet, right? Mm -hmm. And that obviously speed things up for, for the growth. Yes, I, I think the, the, the you, also, you didn't mention the government yet, and clearly the government has a, a, a coordinating role as well. And there are some bits of the local government ecosystem which are actually quite smart and sensible, but they're rather held back by a lack of like a network effect within the within the different government agencies so but there are there are different initiatives there and for sure for sure it's, it's very important for um people like like you and you know sam coming in and different people to just like say there is a different way of doing this and for example when at the open coffee meetings everyone now and again someone from the city hall or from the county administration shows up and i always point them out and say to everyone give them a clap because for us it's great that they come to our meetings rather than the, the old way of doing it is they would call a meeting in the town hall where there's no parking at 11 30 in the morning and like our serious business people meant to go leave their office waste 40 minutes in the traffic getting to yeah. getting to a meeting where not much is achieved and if they come to our meetings they start they start building up so the universities the financial institutions um the government and anything else that you that you think would be would be important for the long term i think if we can have those two or three you mentioned i would Gets, get us to the next level. Yeah, really yeah I, I'm going to mention one more thing, which is getting entrepreneurship education into schools, because in the long run, oh. th this, this is long term. But getting economics education to schools. Would you believe that kids up to the university level, they don't have a single word of the economy? Personal finances, how to deal with money, and so the econ that level. economics education happens by grandmothers, and grandmothers can be quite good because they tell you to save. And Poland does have quite a strong saving culture, in, uh, but which is an, which is an asset, not a, the, the the credit card American consumption fuel model isn't always perfect. Although by no means all Americans are victims of that. Um, yeah, it's not perfect. It's, it's not how they fund their startups but, is credit cards. But, but, the, but the other the other challenge is the, the trust culture where the, the first phrase I learned in Polish was nikdy nevolno nikogo ufać, which means <laughs> you can never trust anybody ever. Uh, and, you know, this was like the, the, the 
the part of the asset of this ecosystem of tech. And this is not just a Polish or a Silicon Valley thing. Also in London, it's exactly the same. The, the tech community is an outlier where people work on trust. In most other business ecosystems, you do someone a favor and you're looking for a finder's fee or like it's serious, you know, I'm going to introduce you to my property deal. Now, where's the money? Whereas in the tech community, there's this feeling that you can't, you can't keep information down. And like we've, we've started to have in, in Poland, in Krakow, this trust, this trust network. I, I do believe that it's a very, very good illustration from the time when we organized those contests for uh, participation in Tech Week, right? Initially, there were some startups who were actually reluctant to talk about their ideas in front of other startups. So those ideas do not get stolen. And then you know, it took us, I would say us and some others, uh, lots of preaching to get to their heads that essentially ideas are cheap, right? Execution is everything. So oh, if you have similar ideas, just work together. There's a chance that there will be something good out of it. I love when you meet a um, meet someone who who says, "Well, I'll, I'll I'll tell you about my idea, but you need to find a non-disclosure agreement." And I had a very experienced investor once tell me, "Don't do that," because when an investor hears they want a non-disclosure agreement. That they're just not going to bother, and and your idea is not not there's nothing new under the sun really, uh, it's just a question of execution. Ninety five percent of it. And, and, the, and the, these meetups like the Open Coffee, it's still have because one thing is important. It's important to be very respectful of the guy who shows up at one of those meetings not knowing anything, because everyone didn't know anything at one stage in their life, and the fact that they bothered to show up to a meeting means they're interested in self improvement and development. And again, you you and it is one of the challenges. You get a highly experienced entrepreneur leading a meeting, and someone says puts up their hand and says, "Well, why should I care about making a profit?" And you know, it's like you sort of think: is it is it appropriate for this leading international business person to be teaching uh, an educated, ignorant twenty-two-year-old the basics of economics? But on the other hand, I think yes, it is because if a senior business guy tells it to that guy in front of a crowd, there might be a lot of, a lot of other people listening, thinking, hmm, actually, it's that simple. Right? <laughs> and I always say to the startup guys um, who approach me, you know. You ask me what I think, and I said, I'm really not interested in what I think. I want to hear what the customers and the users think. Because if you're doing this for ski resort owners, and like there was a guy talking about flying drones over ski resorts and filming them, and he said, it's not going to be a problem to get them to, to pay me to do that. And I was saying, well, okay, well, give me their names and phone numbers and let them tell me it's not a problem. Because I don't care what I think. I said, but it's a cool idea. I said, let the users say it's a cool idea, and you just need to keep on with the same cycle, right? Um, back to what you said, Sam. Uh Having Google side lead uh, have actually attracted a lot of people who wanted to make a deal with Google. And I was most of the time, and it happens uh, those days too. If you are not willing to share your idea, and I would rather discourage you from doing this, just because we Google is huge, right? Allegro now is huge too. So we might be working on something which you think is your own the idea and I don't want that to happen that we actually launch something in three weeks just so you can think that it, we've stolen your stuff right <laughs> oh no don't tell me so yeah yes sharing the ideas and sharing and the the culture of trust is something which is very clearly present in the corner of the world Wojciech I I think that anyone who listened to this episode is, is going to get um, just a, a great amount of um, you know ideas from from you in terms of you know not just uh, 
you know, how to conduct yourself as a startup, but, but more importantly, um, you know, the ecosystem here that you, you helped build in Krakow with people like Richard and, and Ramon and the rest of the community here. So, um, any final, you know, if, if, if someone was listening to this and they're young thinking about uh, starting a business, what, what's a final thought you'd leave someone with as a, a former head of the Google office here that it was going to be, you know, watching the startup community here in Krakow, whether they're here or somewhere else, what, what's the last piece of advice you'd like to leave someone with? If they have somewhere else, somewhere else well, they let's come <laughs> and see for themselves, right? There is a certain level of security in a sense that there's plenty of companies and positions, plenty of startups doing cool stuff. So you'll find yourself comfortable. If you are local, just continue doing what you've been doing so far, right? Let's grow this community together regardless whether it's large multinationals or the small startups, or if, if you are in the academia somewhere in one of the Krakow universities, we need you. We need you all. So get involved, come, get involved. come, come to come the meetups with Richard. <laughs> come see me, come see Paulina Mazure. And, and Richard, I think one of the, the themes has been open coffee and, and just what Google did. It's no longer at the Google office, but uh, for those of you uh, listeners who, who want to know how to get involved, who either are here in the community or just got on a plane and flew here because of what Boytek just said, <laughs> where do they find you at uh, open coffee? Well, you, you can go to richardlucas.com, O-C-K-R-K dot C-O backslash F-A-Q. That's open coffee. <laughs> or just Google Richard Lucas. <laughs> Google me, but, but, but I, I think, you know, if you just go to this, uh, you go to the, just Google events in Krakow, and really there's a search engine that we <laughs> we know about. It, 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 Which eliminates uh, the need for memory. Places so. like Hubroom, the startup stage, there's Hive, there's a number of different different people. And you know, just shoot people an email, drop them a note, post a little group on, thing on the OM. GKRK Facebook group saying I'm coming to Krakow, I'm from X, I want to find out about Y, and you will be astonished. And the thing is, just come by, take a look at this city. It's certainly not the only place in the world where you can live and prosper, but I think it's certainly one of them. And so if, you know, wrapping up this this podcast episode, which is, again, taking place in April 2015, if it's 100 years from now, in, in, in a country called Poland that existed around this time, and we hope will exist for at least another 100 years if the Russians don't come and get us. Um, um, we, 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 we we would say, uh, you know, come by. This is this is a great place to live, work, and have 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 fun and good relationships. So so so, you know, give, uh, I think Vitex advice is great, and we hope very much that this Project Kashmir podcast will be a part of the process of getting the word out. All right, and thank you again, listener, Project Kashmir listener, for listening to another episode of uh, Project Kajimej podcast radio, where we're uh, exploring the uh, history and future of innovation in Europe. And I, I like to say history and future because innovation started here uh, in, in the Polish-Lithuanian kingdom and really um, you know, spread a lot of great ideas throughout Europe. And then it's coming back now with a vengeance. And uh, I think this place, uh, Krakow in Poland, has a real potential to be um, its own Silicon Valley, its own future hub in Europe uh, of leading innovation. Because I think every continent has one and Europe needs one to emerge as a leader. And, and that's what we're uh, looking to build here. Thank you for showing your support for innovation in Europe. Tell other innovators about the entrepreneurial movement by leaving a review in iTunes. For detailed show notes and community updates, visit projectkazimierz.com. 